<laughs> you said one. You can't say one. That's the rule. I can't tell if Peter's rule. ready or not. Is he ready? Peter looks All right. I'm going. Welcome to the Too Much Free Time podcast. I'm Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship and John Girdler. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who else are you missing? Oh, we do have a guest. <laughs> oh, yeah. That guy's stranger sitting at the table. Yeah. I our, he's our first, well, he's our first repeat guest because he's the only guest we've ever had. Mm. <laughs> we liked him so much, we brought him back. Yep. Uh, Andrew Cox, say hello to the world. Is this good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, into the mic. Into the mic. Um, I'm eating it. You will be heard this time. Uh, we're continuing our look at Star Studded Duds with my pick. And this week I picked the sequel to Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve. Obvious yeah. sequel. Yeah. There. Our favorite bandits are back at it. Yeah. And uh, wh- I just think this is a dud for the sole purpose that. Like the first ones, I really enjoy the first movie. I think it's funny. I think it's really cool. I like the twist at the end. I mean, it's just a well-made movie. It's fun. This one seems like they're, I don't know. It just seems out of whack. It seems like they're trying too hard and then it's way too long. It's two hours and five minutes. Like In my notes, I had this story has more endings than The Return of the King. Which is hard to do. That is hard to do. There's like six endings in Return of the King. But uh, I mean, it's like yeah. four. <laughs> they should have done a clue type Pete over there type ending where you have you oh, know, multiple multiple happen yeah and then on the dvd menu you can choose which adventure you want <laughs> that would have made see. that would have made the movie like three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> uh but john this was your first time seeing it it was yes i'd seen the other oceans but not 12 wait you'd seen 13 mm-hmm. oh interesting why would you skip one were you it, very confused because it's one of those it does carry over movies. continuity, yeah. A little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't want to admit that to the world, but yeah, it like, was. Tallur is in the third one. Mm-hmm. So like, you just <laughs> thought that was some random dude. Thought oh, was wow, some that's dude. interesting. Mm-hmm. That Still enjoyed the movie, though. Uh, Peter, you had seen this once. This yeah. is your second viewing? Yeah. It was whatever. First time, it was worse the second. It's worse on the second view. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what about you? Uh, I'm going to agree with Peter on this one. That it was just worse on the second viewing? Worse on the second time. Decent on the sec- first viewing, worse on the second. Yeah, I would almost argue the first viewing, I found it kind of forgettable, except for a couple scenes that I thought were funny, like the Tulur dancing through the laser scene, which we'll get to. What a ridiculous scene. That is a way. ridiculous scene. Uh, but other than that, the rest of the movie is just kind of forgettable. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, let's just, I guess, go ahead and jump into the... Well, actually, I do want to point out one fun fact I found that kind of explains a little bit to me of what why this movie was so weird was the movie script was just adapted from a script the studio was already going to make uh, called Honor Amongst Thieves, I believe. And the studio had the script and decided, let's just turn this into an Ocean's 12 sequel or Ocean's 11 sequel. And so they fit the story around the characters from the first movie. Turns out it's not that easy. Yeah. Well, they... I. I'm trying to think, John, do you remember which Die Hard movie did that? One of the Die Hard movies wasn't originally a Die Hard like, sequel, but it was a, I think it's the third one. Is the is third it, one the one where he's... In the, where they, the fountain, they have to solve yeah, the riddle yeah, yeah. of the fountain? Yeah. I, yeah, it's that one, because that was originally called Simon Says, oh, and when they were making it, they realized they could make it a John McClane like, Die Hard movie. I didn't and, know that. that. Maybe that's why Bruce Willis is in Ocean's 12. Ocean's 12, that's the continuity there. <laughs> Bruce Willis playing himself. But I thought that was interesting that this wasn't even a planned script. Uh, I have another fun bit of trivia. Hit me. Okay, so you know how some movies show their time, you know, 
What it's do you mean? Like, oh, oh, or dated? Like, like you yeah, can tell like, when this was oh, taking place? maybe they can't do that these days, you know, like uh, um, Anthony Hopkins. You know, he can't play Othello in 2017 because <laughs> that's racist. But, like, he did it. And so, at the time, it's like, whatever. So, <laughs> along those lines of trivia. <laughs> so, before filming began, Brad Pitt was telling all the cast and crew, hey, just refer to George Clooney by his character's name, like Danny Ocean or Mr. Ocean. And so that was a joke. Ha ha he he. George Clooney finds out and he's like, I'm going to get back at him. And what does he do? He puts some bumper stickers on Brad Pitt's car. And one of them says, I'm gay and I vote. And the other one is small penis on board. Both things I don't think we can joke about now. I think you can still make a small penis joke. Micro penises are still fair game. (laughs) (laughs) We're laughing. Maybe that's a 2018 topic we'll tackle. But that first one, wow. I mean, 2004 was a different time. Different time. That was George Bush was, right? First term? Second term? No, first term. DW. It's the end of the first. DW? DW. There's no D in his name. From Arthur. <laughs> nice try there, John. But yeah, just wow. Yeah, that that's that's weird. I actually could if I was on that crew, I could buy the whole George Clooney would be like a method actor that like wants to be in character. I don't know. I could buy from George, like out of all the actors in this movie. He's maybe no Bernie Shia. Mac. He does the same thing in almost every movie. Yeah. It's like just a toned super down Buzz serious Lightyear. like white guy kind of. Yeah. He has some, toned some down Buzz Lightyear. I get Buzz Lightyear vibes from George Clooney. Just, Why? I don't know. I just kept thinking about that. While you do we know he, he didn't do the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, I know. Okay. I do just, you know who did? He just looks. Yeah, Tim Allen. Tim. Home Improvements, Tim Allen. Great show. Great I could show. see how you could confuse the two. They have They're some. How? Well, the manner, like, because Buzz Both Lightyear, not that we're talking about this story now. This but is like, a tangent I didn't want us to go on. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? I'm going to pull you us off You could predict this. that tangent? I'm, I'm going to pull us off this. But yeah, you know, like. Bumper stickers, 20, 2017. Can't do it now. <laughs> Can't do it's that. The testament of the time. Let's jump into the summary because that was a <laughs> weird tangent. So it we get a cold opening for the movie and it's Brad Pitt. But it was so hot with that mullet. <laughs> yeah, his hair looks bad in the flashbacks. Well, and in the uh, No, it looks awesome in the flashbacks. The, the it looks light, like Mike Gundy. The buzz cut <laughs> for present day is also equally atrocious. Yeah, that's not. He was. I mean, he pulls it off because he's Brad Pitt. But like, looks like David Bowie. <laughs> he does. Kind of, I agree with that. And that's not attractive. So I actually want to ask you guys a question about this cold opening because I got thrown off by it. So it says three years earlier. Three and a half. Three and a half years earlier. So is that three and a half years before Ocean's Eleven? I think it's twelve. Oh, okay. So that's what I was confused about because later they make it sound like it's been forever since they pulled off the Ocean's Eleven job. So is that flashback taking place in between eleven and twelve? No, I think it's before, before eleven. Right? It's before eleven. I think it's before eleven. Okay. It's before George Clooney missed his second third year anniversary. Oh yeah, that weird dropped line there. Okay, because that kind of threw me off because it kind of implied that. Could have been that he literally went from going out that window into Ocean's Eleven. Maybe. Goes back to America. Whoa. Con- <laughs> yeah, wow. Right, but the, yeah, the cold opening is uh, he comes home from obviously robbing someplace. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones is his girlfriend, and they're living together, and we find out she's a cop, and she's revealing you know information about the case she's working on, which just so happens to be the job that Brad Pitt just pulled. It's kind of a meet-cute. 
but not. Though. They're already like, dating. They already, <laughs> they already <laughs> had their mix. <laughs> well, like that. So not really like at all. It's the cop cute. meeting the criminal, and you're like, oh. And you find out later she knew. Oh. He And he's like, what? My shoe's soul is worn. Opposites attract. Opposites attract. I thought, I, I mean, I kind of thought it was funny how she's listing the stuff of like, we found a boot print with the left soul worn down. And it's like as he's taking off his shoes, so he sees it. And then the whole... You know, we'll know what kind of shampoo he uses. It's and nice or not he to know dandruff. that Brad Pitt has dandruff. You know, the everyman. He is. Who would have thought? Is not untouchable. Maybe that's Brad why Pitt he shaved his head. Maybe that's a bad move if you have dandruff. It's is just it? there. Oh, that's true. Uh, I thought. Yeah, I guess I don't know how dandruff <laughs> works. <laughs> Sorry, John's hair is too lucky good. Three percent, you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, after that cold opening, we get the okay. This is uh, Ocean's Twelve. And then we cut to George Clooney's in a bank opening a retirement fund. Three and a half weeks earlier. Oh, yeah. They, that you was unnecessary. killing the timeline game. Yeah. Yeah, the t- whole timeline they try to set up is unnecessary. Like First the, Monday. Yeah, because when they're put on the timeline of how long they have to pull off the job, we don't... That's not important. We yeah. just... You know, they were wasting time telling us how much time they didn't have. That's true. But yeah, so George Clooney, we get a couple jokes about him, like he he's just casing the bank. But I couldn't tell if he's actually casing the bank or if he really is opening the retirement fund. Neither could Julia Roberts. Yeah, which I guess is the point. But yeah, Julia Roberts is at the house, you know. No, but that's not painters. Julia Roberts because that's a point later in the movie. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> no, but it's important to not call her Julia Roberts because then we're gonna start getting confused. Her character's name is Tess. Right? Yeah, Tess. And she's choosing paint colors for the house, right? Right. Don't you guys love how descriptive paint colors are? Oh, oxblood. Yeah. That's <laughs> that doesn't give me a visual image, though. You know, like I've never seen oxblood. It's a so deeper red. It doesn't help me. With it's my paint it's much darker than your, you know, say your pig blood or the mill mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> Mahogany's a wood. <laughs> I'm in burgundy. Full disclosure. <laughs> 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 nice. It's gonna be a brown, Andrew. Right, but uh, while Julia Roberts or Tess is dealing with that stuff, we see the first appearance of Andy Garcia. You know, our main antagonist from the first film, kind of antagonist. Well, who they're like he is, but it's it's so bad. Is well, he, it's a, is he it, carrying around a putter or a cane? I couldn't tell. I think it's both. It looked like a putter. It looked like your putter. It does look like my putter, to be honest. It's also but, one of those things you just kind of poke, like so you don't have to s- use your hand. For safety? Like, oh, because he's, he's a rich casino owner. Yeah. I think now's a good time to... It's star-studded, right? So typically we list out the stars. Oh, that's true. I should probably just go through these. But if you've seen the first movie, it's everyone returning from the first movie on top of... Uh, we got Catherine Zeta-Jones added to the cast. We got... Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard. Yeah, Bruce random Willey. Eddie Izzard appearance. Um, I love that there's a random Topher Grace appearance. <laughs> he <laughs> went was, off funky... Frankie Muniz <laughs> on the room. So uh, does that count as another star in the movie since it was referenced? Mm. Oh, maybe. I count it. I'm allowing His it. His light but went out. Topher Grace counts as a star study because at this time he was still like a big name because that 70s show, I think... He will always be a big ...was still name. big. And then... <laughs> well, then he was in Spider-Man 3. Oh, what a great movie. I do like that uh, when he's later introduced... Topher Grace drops that line about I phoned in that Dennis Quaid movie because that I know what movie he's talking about and that movie's awful. <laughs> it's oh, it's something like Company Man or oh it's really stupid. 
But I like that he acknowledges it in a movie. I saw that movie with him and Jesse Eisenberg, the ultra something. Um, what? The one where he like takes the drugs. He's like a sleeper agent. And he activates. Oh, uh, the MK forty. What something MK ultra, ultra but it's like twist on that. I know what movie you're talking about. Yeah, Topher Grace is in it. It's oh, terrible. He's terrible, but yeah. <laughs> what we're, are we, we're, we're what we're getting? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Star-studded people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all these other people are in other movies. Yes, right. Just to <laughs> get us back on track, though, the uh, so Andy Garcia shows up at Julia Roberts or Tess's house and lets her know that he knows where all of Ocean's Eleven are. I thought that was kind of funny. He drops the line that they're called Ocean's Eleven and uh, that he wants all his money back plus interest. Golly, and. And Julia Roberts or Tess, sorry, drops the like the code over the phone that something's wrong. Oh yeah, and there's water's so, in the basement and the pilot light is out. There you go. What what, what would you guys use as your code to like Not signify that. that something's wrong? Uh Mr. Schwartz. <laughs> Mr. Schwartz. <laughs> Mr. Schwartz, please come to the front office. <laughs> that was our... Now they're going to have to get a new code, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> they don't use that still. Our they high might. school, that was the code for um, if there was a shooter in the building. <laughs> and they would say that over the intercom as like our testing. We'd just hear like, Mr. Schwartz, please come to the office. So there was no Mr. Schwartz. Yeah, there was no mm-hmm. Mr. Schwartz. And mm-hmm. he didn't need to go to the office. <laughs> <laughs> tricky, tricky. Yeah. That actually would be a good code <laughs> to text people like, uh-oh, something's going down. Is that Schwartz with a W-R? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this the, is where we the get mic The mic is for speaking into. Yeah, Andrew. I've got to call, call you out. It's an off-camera comment or <laughs> <laughs> color off commentary. Off-mic comment. There are none of those here. Very candid, very open. We got a lot of story to get through, gentlemen. Let's <laughs> we get back. Do. So I don't know what do. flannel means. So, oh gosh, flannel. We don't need to. <laughs> we don't need to talk about this. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk off camera. From this, yeah. we get the Fla- setup of flannel. Andy Garcia is giving the the crew uh, two weeks to get all the money ba- back to him plus interest and from there we go to we basically a where are they now montages which was i didn't think it, this is post suicide squad hollywood and that that montage of seeing all we're the currently people, in post suicide right we are <laughs> oh, yeah this okay. is pre but having seen this post suicide squad i was pissed oh we were going through all 11 people yeah. oh my gosh it was exhausting. I didn't think it was cool. I did think some of them were funny, though. Uh, I liked Ben Affleck's... Or not Ben Affleck's. <laughs> wow. They get, very, they get <laughs> confused. He was Sorry. in this movie. Forever in his brother's shadow. Sorry. I, I liked, Casey. I liked Casey Affleck and the twin brother, which, by the way, I hope you know is is Peter... It's you and Andrew. Casey <laughs> Affleck too. and his... I don't know, but that is you two. <laughs> if we were to start... A bank robbing crew. <laughs> That's you two. Peter would get me distracted. He did cause a car accident. <laughs> so you were driving. You felt the need to critique my driving. Because <laughs> it sucks. Incessantly. Yeah, well. And look. I guess you're right, Mark. Self-fulfilling. <laughs> Point proven. I also liked Matt Damon's, though. Of His was so short. Just him in the car. Just being like, you didn't you know, tell my dad, did you? And I thought that was pretty funny. Did that um, resonate with you specifically? It, it did. Yeah. It did. Um, I also liked this. 
I forgot the character's name, but his stand-up, like one of the characters is doing stand-up comedy, but he's doing like an almost an Andy Kaufman style stand-up where it's intentionally awkward in order to make the audience laugh, I guess, or I don't know. It's weird. But I think if that was to come out now, like that type of stand-up, I think he'd do well. People are into that weird adult swim style Before it's time, maybe. Maybe. He can get about 20 minutes out of that. Oh, yeah. He makes references to it throughout. I just don't like how so many parts... This movie is two hours long. And how many parts of this movie we have scenes, and then it has to show every one of the 11 people's reactions to it or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of of those. Too many of that. Uh, Yeah, and then Brad Pitt's where we get the Topher Grace appearance because Brad Pitt's running a... uh, hotel and i forgot in the first one brad pitt's character was running a underground celebrity poker game and so like i remember Topher grace was in that too and a couple other people like uh, what's his name the kid from dawson's creek that was in skulls josh whatever i can't remember his last name but he was in it and a couple other people but uh so that was kind of a callback from the first movie skulls is a great movie (laughs) (laughs) it's a great 90s movie Finally, we see them all together in the same room, and uh, I actually appreciate the joke they make out of the fact that they're upset that Benedict, Andy Garcia's character, referred to the job as like Ocean's Eleven, and they're all kind of taken back but by it. But then they all have to have a comment on it, so it just goes on forever. Oh, and yeah, and then Don Cheadle's introduction where she's like, bleep, 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 and then the phone's ringing when they're swearing. It's like, huh? Oh, yeah, that huh. Oh, I forgot about his. That was weird. Who Who was the guy with him? I've seen him in stuff. I don't know that actor's name, though. Because I recognize him. I recognize him, too. But from when they finally all get together to discuss the problem, we get the kind of the loadout of the time we're working with here. They have 13 days. Um, they have to pay $19 million each about, which r- adds up to about $97 million total. I thought, was I thought it was 190 No, that's how much plus they have. Like, so what money they have left... And then ninety-seven million on top of it is what they don't have that they have Brad to be able Pitt to get. All of it, and it was twenty-five. Yeah, right. The total it's was one hundred ninety-eight or seven. Million. Simple math, really. Yeah, but they how much Great they were song. short, I should say, because of the interest. Because like I think it's Linus and one of the other guys talks about they only spent like a million or not or even, no and money. so they still owe six because of the interest. But so that's the time frame Banking. we're working with. We got thirteen days, ninety-seven million dollars to get. Um, so it basically, eh, they let the audience know, and I guess each other know, that they're too hot to work in this, uh, America, in this current economy, so they go to Europe, which is weird, because I feel like one of the things that made the first movie so kind of iconic, and kind of adds it as a theme, and is the fact that they're in Las Vegas, that it's, that's kind of like the whole vibe is them being in Vegas, and so that makes it weird when they go to Europe. And they go to Just Amsterdam to do first. something different, bigger I, and better sequel. I guess, but again, I guess it goes back to it seems like this was something that was in the original script for the different movie, and so it just didn't work as well. But it's like two. It's almost two movies. It the is first like third and some where like casing a house and stealing something. Oh no, we're not stealing something because we didn't even get Mr. Stone Fox. Oh, the Night, Night Fox. Fox. Yeah. This is a slow build. It, oh, yeah. It's a slow, slow movie. opening because it's it's legitimately, they go to Amsterdam, they get um, the job offer from Mitsui or whatever, which is to steal the first 
bank certificate or stock, stock certificate certific- from the East India Trading Company, it's like a Dutch ever trading company thing. Yeah, and Dutch. so uh, agoraphobic is that shut in? But the guy who owns it is an agoraphobic, so he never leaves his house, and it's. Um, I have a question. Is this Matt Damon's first cause that he stands up for? People with agoraphobia? I think so. He's a social justice Yeah, warrior. I forgot. He, Did yeah, he kick it off? When maybe? they're planning, yeah, when they're planning the whole phase, he makes a comment about let's stop calling him freak because they keep referring to the guy that lives in the house as a freak. Uh, I thought that was kind of weird. Again, it's like what you guys were saying. A lot of these scenes are attempt at witty banter amongst the group, which is one of the things that makes the first movie so iconic, but it just doesn't land most of the time. And I think this movie relied on that heavily. Oh, over heavily. The plot too. For then. sure. And I think it's a problem, one, because it doesn't it land as much, and because of how long the movie is, it feels so much more unnecessary, and it doesn't like add anything. But yeah, so they're trying to steal the stock certificate, and uh, we get an elaborate, a bunch of different elaborate reasons of why they can't do it. And then they figure out that all they have to do is raise the building three what do you mean inches. All they have to do. That seems pretty difficult. That's no, task. that's yeah. what I'm getting at. It's all they have to do is lift a so house three sarcasm, inches. Sarcasm, Andrew. We use it quite often on the show. Well, uh, there was no uh, inflection in the voice to indicate such. So you know, you know, I blame Mark. <sighs> that hurts, guys. You know, it's all in the delivery. It's what we've been talking about. <laughs> I hate you guys. Uh, <laughs> another another question. Does everybody in this movie understand Chinese? Oh, see, that was in the first movie, too, was the whole thing of uh, Yin, the, the grease man, just speaking Mandarin or whatever, and then everyone just kind of, like, talking back. They never use subtitles kind of thing. And I kind of like it as a joke. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, it does... It can get kind of worn out, but, yeah, that's kind of just a joke they've been doing since the first movie. But yeah, so lifting the house three inches though, I think is pretty funny for the sole purpose of they have to they have to pay ninety seven million dollars. They have to get ninety seven million dollars to pay off their debt or whatever. How much do you think it costs to buy all that shit to just be able to lift a house three inches? I think, I think it's already there, right? What? No, no he said something there? along the lines of just cut the pillars and put the jacks in. But and somebody like, had done that before. I thought. Well, I think. They've, they've done it in Venice. Like, that's a real thing in Venice because Venice is sinking. So they've slowly just raised the houses by their foundation like that. But that's expensive. And them having to buy all the equipment to work well, the jacks. As long as you hold on to the receipt. I mean, what's the return policy? I mean, <laughs> you, you can actually write that off if you were a con man. And those are expenses an ordinary con But it's not like have. they could you just add the foundations back. The jacks are just there now. Well, they're just trying to take the... Like, they don't care about him. They just remove the jacks and... They <laughs> Let the house stuff. fall into yeah. the water. And I think there's a policy. If they're not fully satisfied with the jacks, then they could return them, get fully refunded. I didn't realize I was working with three people that are very well versed in, <laughs> you know, house jack returns. <laughs> just taxes. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, return policies in general for me. Right. Yeah, super right. interesting stuff. Yeah, this is riveting. Anyway, so they lift the house and they're able to do like a crossbow bolt through the window to the keypad and, and all this they whatever. And their raspberry pie through to open up the lock. Which is right. the funniest name for a piece of technology. Yeah. yeah. I love it. But yeah, all we find out later all this is for nothing because 
the night fox has already stolen them. And we kind of jumped over this a little bit, but we see them start to do this robbery of you know this house, and then it just cuts to Catherine Zeta-Jones in present time, and she's now one of the lead detectives in Europol, you know, the theft division. Yeah, is that like the quite the promotion that she talked about <laughs> that she just kind of candidly threw into Brad Pitt? Oh yeah, and the guy walking in late to interrupt the meeting, he was really smooth up until like he got really close. Only you would think that was smooth, John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's. Pretty yeah, nothing about it's, that. It was, was pretty smooth. mindful and tactful as he was like well, entering the room. I think it would have been more tactful to wait till she was done speaking. <laughs> She's <laughs> no, in an emergency. Room full of her superiors, but it had to be funny because he interrupted her talking about distractions. Oh yeah, her saying like we can't be distracted from the truth. Cue distraction. This was also a um, exposition drop speech because we get introduced to the fact that there was a world's greatest thief known as Lamar. Yeah, who got to vote on that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> those people in that room, I guess. Europe. One of those Gallup surveys they send out. <laughs> <laughs> a doodle poll. <laughs> you didn't who's get yours. The, <laughs> who's the greatest? Theme? I voted but this yeah. year. It's anonymous on SurveyMonkey. <laughs> but yeah, we get the whole, yeah, Are so Lamar. sponsored by SurveyMonkey? <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by SurveyMonkey. <laughs> yeah, Survey right. Monkey. That's inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she gets told in that speech that, you know, there's been a robbery at that house or whatever. She's like, <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> Again, just wait till she's done speaking. But the way she talks about Stone Cold Steve Fox. Steve Austin. Austin Stone Cold uh, Steve I Austin. wish he was the thief. <laughs> That's not even theme. close. His name's the Night Fox. Yeah, his name's Amazon Baron Echo for old other, people over there. The way she talks about him. Uh, well, She's she like respects into him. him. Mm. She respects him. She fantasizes about him, I think. Yeah, she has a weird I'm reading in much. No. <laughs> no, because she's like, and some say he might even be better than my father, Lamarck. Well, she doesn't say it. Well, father. she doesn't know her father's Lamarck yet. Yes, she does. Spoiler. She knows. No, she, does. she doesn't. Yes, yes, she does. The whole point. Oh, my gosh. How did you miss this? She thought her father, her father was a thief. She thought he died in a Russian prison. That's why at the end, Brad Pitt tells her, your father's not dead. I can take you to him. Mark, you've Were seen we Star watching Wars the same movie? and the scene at the end of Carrie Whoa, Fisher going, is this the new Star Wars? Because I, I haven't knew. seen it yet. No, this is the Jedi. Return of the Jedi? Yeah. The last the Jedi. Final when when Jedi. Luke's like, hey, Leia, I've got to tell you something. We're related. And she goes, somehow I always knew. And this is one of those moments, I think, for Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> I I don't I don't get that at all. You guys have lost me. I'm sorry, but yeah, I think it's a very complicated movie. A, it happens to Mark. Everybody. I'm with you. Thank you, John. She's got a thing for the Stone Cold Fox. The Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't even know why you're getting this. He's just the night finest. Fox. <laughs> but yeah, so she goes to the house, and we learn that she's pretty much the Will Graham she of. Uh, it's an impossible shot, unless unless yeah, she knows way too much as a cop. Yeah. This is like beyond. I'm a skilled detective. This is straight up like psychic powers. Because like Europol kind of looks like the UN for like fighting criminals or whatever art thieves. Yeah, That's the way it was portrayed. She says she can tell the Night Fox was there at three thirty a.m. How? Fantasies. How? Fantasies. I don't know, man. Like, well, that's Fantasies. what I'm getting at. That's why I made the joke when we were watching it. Like, I was waiting for that Hannibal moment of this is my design, and she was going to lead us through how the whole theft went. It's like, why would she know any of that? That would have been an eighth ending to this movie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
I like but, how she disses the local police. Every federal official always has to diss yeah, the local yeah. police. I hope the scene wasn't contaminated. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> she walks into the scene like she's Batman. Like, get your police out of here before you contaminate the evidence. <laughs> I'm just guarding the door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we learned that the Night Fox beat Danny and crew to this, you know, robbery. And all in... And, this is where it's also revealed that he also ratted them out to yeah. Benedict. And so he broke because the golden what is, rule. What's the recording on? It's on Adele DJ. Oh, Adele DJ. I had one of those. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I haven't seen one of those in forever. That's not a technology I've seen in quite some like, time. Competed with the iPod, right? Yeah. Pretty heavily. Well, and the Did Zoom? it compete? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing it competed with was the SanDisk. <laughs> it was Zune. Yeah, Zune was... Dude, the Dell DJ was not bad. I thought the Zune was better I had that cool blue, the like DJ. the blue backlight or whatever. Yeah. I always thought that was cool. And, and it was really easy to go in, like, when you're on the computer and put files and stuff together. Like, you can't do that on your iPod. It's very difficult. I was all about CDs until the iPod video. I got that for Christmas one year. So oh, sorry, nice. boys. The one percent. <laughs> well, me and my DJ have some memories. And <laughs> right, but yeah, that message left for Danny and crew explains the whole situation, and this is all to set up that he has challenged Danny and crew to figure out who's the best thief in the world. Which that's a weird challenge because, like, it's not a one-on-one. Game of Thievery, it's one guy versus 12 people or 11 people. Well, Mark, that's hubris. It is hubris. And, but it's like, and found in a lot of Greek tragedies. <laughs> and I think this is something that is trying to mirror. That's a good word. Something would, Greek. Would that's you say word. this is one of the one of the great Greek tragedies <laughs> of our hubris. time? <laughs> Hollywood <laughs> tragedies. <laughs> right. Yeah, hubris, I think is the word. Who is that guy, Chris? He looks like Chris Martin, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, but I always forget his name. Uh, let me see if it's on here. I don't see it, but that doesn't matter. Well, let's call him Chris. <laughs> I wish he broke out into the scientist. Science and progress. He does look like if you gave him curly hair, if you gave Chris Martin like I did curly, have curly hair. hair. No, no, if you gave Chris Martin <laughs> oh. curly hair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> As you were. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs> Adam Sandler, shout out. <laughs> Grown ups, RIP. This is the Adam Sandler podcast. Um, but yeah, so after the the heist, well, they don't get anything. Bernie Mac's arrested because and Catherine's really out of the film for yeah. the rest of the time. What Which a makes, racist pick. Well,. <laughs> His only you scenes were him ca- getting massages and pedicures, and then he was arrested. That was Which racist. makes you sad. I, I love I love Bernie Mac. They R. lose R. the yeah. Chinese guy, and they just cut the they black guy no out of the film. They had no idea that they weren't going to have him for the next one. They would have used him more. Oh, man. Well, no, they wow. had He has his own show. One. He's a busy No, but guy. he was he in di- the third one. He, he died after the third one. Did he? Did he die after it oh, was yeah, done he was filming the, and before it came out? Maybe. He was the... Casino guy, yeah. right in the third one. He, they all blend together. Like I thought. <laughs> careful, <Matt Damon's> careful. <laughs> into the mic. The people though. are the movie. <laughs> I thought Matt Damon's mom bailed him out in the first one, <laughs> and then when he come to the second, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Oh yeah, but yeah. So yeah, like Peter, like you said, Bernie Mac kind of just out of this movie, and that makes me sad. Uh, but yeah, then they got to go to where do they go to after that? They go to Rome, right? Uh, and that's when they lose the amazing yin in uh, in a bag. They put him in a bag in a on horrible an horrible traveling train. accident. They also put him in the wrong way. Like, 
all his weights going down on his head and his neck. Like well, his up, feet. It looked like he was. It looks like he was feet down and then bent over. But towards well, the yeah. ground, wouldn't it make more sense to have face up if you're gonna pull him? That's a good point. Yeah. That's how I load my people into my luggage. I, I, that I, stuck out wait, to me as there weird. was something about like face down, ass up. Some what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Well, is that what you're going for? It okay. Was. <laughs> you I walked. Me to I it. walked right into that one. <laughs> No comment on the Arsenal bag. Are we just moving past that? No, I said it in Arsenal oh, bag. This movie was brought to you by Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Dell. Arsenal Football Club. No, it's <laughs> like, yeah, what's a soccer team that Americans are going to... Arsenal. Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll at least have heard of that team. Fielding 50-year-olds. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Making a, a reference to the fact that George Clooney looks timeless or also known as constantly 40. Yeah, he was 42 during the filming of this movie, and they put him around 50 as the joke, and you know, it's He still bad. looks 40. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think I, we all want to look like George Clooney when we hit I 40. Don't. Are you kidding me? George Clooney looks ridiculous. That's why. I, you want to look ridiculous? Ridiculously <laughs> good looking, yes, that would be pretty awesome. You are good looking. Oh. I don't care what your family says. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm happy I can come to this podcast <laughs> and be accepted. <laughs> John, Mark, do you feel like you have this to safe change space your appearance you, to please your family? Some might say. Some might say. Is that why you got a new haircut? You know what? Let's forget the movie. Let's just dive into <laughs> yeah. my childhood, and we'll we'll go into my early teens and my relationships with my parents. That was a dark time for you. I was there. <laughs> I was there. Before the dark times. But getting us back on track. So well, Catherine Zeta-Jones has his phone now. Oh, yeah, because Catherine Zeta-Jones shows up to the He's hotel a room. a magician. Yeah. yeah, she shows up to the hotel room. And you know she sees Brad Pitt, she makes Bernie them. Mac, and the Amazing Yin. <laughs> they were made. They were made, and she also steals Brad Pitt's phone and kind of just gives her that warning of like she's on to him. And the next time she sees him, she's arrested. No, no that's when they he, had another meeting. That's when he does a little happened. bit of a B and E. Oh yeah, that is place. when he does a B and E later. Yeah. My bad. But he actually wanted to be there, unlike Dan Cook. Unlike Dan Cook, yeah. <laughs> 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 didn't want to do a B and E. Right, but they. <laughs> they go and meet with Talur, or George Clooney does, and we kind of get the, the backstory of why all this is happening, which is that <laughs> Talur was trained by Lamarck, who, uh, through our mind. exposition earlier, is the greatest thief in the world, or whoever existed, I guess. And um, one of Lamarck's friends was praising Danny and, and his American. crew. Yeah, and a stupid American. The guy American. that gave them the tip for Ocean's Eleven. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. So he, yeah, it's the guy who set up the Ocean's Eleven tip, was telling Lamarck how beautiful the Ocean's Eleven job was, and this upset Tulur, and he wanted to prove that he, Tulur himself, was actually the greatest thief ever now. And so he set up this, he's setting up this whole competition of they have to steal a Fabergé egg by a certain time. Literally the most stolen object in film. Yeah, there's a lot Fabergé of... Fabergé egg. Those are stolen and, quite a bit, I And feel also, like. it took us forever to get to the... Like, I feel like this yeah. is the main this point, is the of, main the movie, point of the movie. And it took us forever to get here. And, it and then they kind of rushed through it. Yeah. So... Yeah. They could have cut out the whole, like, Aust- or Amsterdam thing where they're stealing the... Or trying to right. steal the thing. They could have cut... All that out. It ended up being kind of pointless Literally, to an extent. It could have been when they're found out, like the Tallur could have left the Onyx Fox things that he leaves behind at one of their sites that, you know, they get ambushed by Andy Garcia. And then it could have immediately they go and meet him in Europe and then from there have to do the Fabergé heist. That cuts almost an hour out of this movie. 
Yeah, but then you wouldn't have gotten the cool montages. Uh, it, they were the buddy buddy moments. Well, actually, to go back a little bit, when they're planning the uh, the you know the stock exchange, not stock exchange, the 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 heist <laughs> of the house, stock certificate heist. Uh, there's a point when they hit a dead end, and it's George Clooney and Brad Pitt walking through the streets of Amsterdam, and Brad Pitt says something along the lines of "We're forcing it," and that's what I think this whole movie is. Yeah. It's the antithesis of this movie. They're just forcing it. Also, was the cinematographer trying to go for best cinematography throughout that film? There's some weird shots. Like when yeah, they're talking about the first heist, it's like, what is this, a documentary crew? They're like all around. Super shaky camera. Yeah. Kind of made me sick. A lot terrible. of like PowerPoint transitions too. You got a like the windows, <laughs> so like gradient. Yeah, a lot yeah. of really forced. <laughs> it starts out wide and they zoom in real fast, but it's not like a smooth zoom. So it's like <laughs> as it gets closer. Yeah, and it's really not until the sixth time that you really notice and then it, it really taints the next four you're right back to back to back to back to back to back to back but anyway so the the gauntlet has been set so they have to steal this faberge egg how do you spell that i don't know a b rege it's faberge faberge john speaks french faberge aren't they russian are they french i thought they were russian or something who the faberge egg we're not going I, into the history of the Stone, they're English. Stone Cold Steve Austin's French in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he lives in Rome. I'm okay. I'm on board this now. Point. I'm just thinking about if you take Tallur's character and you cast Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> this movie's incredible. Yeah. Are you kidding me? The laser dancing <laughs> with Stone Cold Steve Austin? Oh my gosh. I'd watch that. I would I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, but they <laughs> so they start their plan for how they're going to steal the Fabergé egg, and um, all this while, uh, Charlie's Char- Charlie's Theron. Oh my gosh, Mystery sorry, <laughs> sorry, Catherine Zeta Jones. Zeta Jones. <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones is trying to get her boss to believe her that they're going to steal this Fabergé egg. Because why does she know? I don't know. Because she's super cop. Well, she's a god. So was that Catherine Peter Jones' boss or <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Zeta? <laughs> Doesn't matter. She gave a forgettable performance. All I know. Anyways. I thought. I thought because like that she's is her boss. Polar? Okay. Because I didn't Ross. know if it's like, oh, I'm going to another country and then I'm requesting stuff from them. Oh, it might be. No, she was just giving a like presentation to Europol. Oh. Where is she? I think she's a she's, she's in. Uh, where does she meet Brad Pitt? Well, that was in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. And she's in later. She's, she's in located Rome, in Amsterdam. Primarily, we're asking for people in France, right? Well, no, in Rome. They're in Rome at that point. Yeah. So they're Rome. So the head office of Europol might be in not Amsterdam. Amsterdam. I think know. we're focusing on the wrong aspects of this movie. I think there's a Rome Amsterdam. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that's, trying to wrap this up. All that's I know why is I teach math. I, I brought this up. I brought this up just to say I I counted and they say or I tried to count, I should say. They say form 1077 maybe 12 times. I want to google movie. it. Like, like is that a thing? Is Europol a thing? It's almost Am I it's almost seems like product placement. <laughs> yeah. They're like we can't because of this 1077. Last time I signed this 1077, I just need this 1077. I, it was one of those things where I was like, maybe I should go out they and buy a 1077. Yeah, having <laughs> their taxes? Like, what is this? Yeah, that just bugged me. Um, but we get their kind of elaborate plan of what they're going to do. They have like a model set up of how they're going to try to steal this Who egg. Who built that? I, I imagine one of the crew's special skills is just model building. Which one? Well, I don't know. I, did you look at my notes? I had written that. No. Who built the model? I was wondering. The They've same got thing. a model guy. <laughs> that must have taken forever. Yeah, uh, but 
I, I did catch something that's foreshadowing is once they're done with the plan, Joe's um, looking up. Brad Pitt says something along the lines of uh, 10.45, we all get arrested. Like Brad, Pitt's, Brad Pitt says it defeatedly, but then obviously once the end of the movie is revealed and you realize this was the plan all along, you actually realize that he was just saying that was the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a nice little touch. I do think it's funny that we get into the realm of sci-fi and uh, what's his name? Lizard? Eddie Izzard. As Eddie, I called him Lizard. Eddie Izzard, when he shows up with the hologram thing. He looks, his home looks like a hovel in the Matrix. Yeah. That or a Batman villain. But his hologram that he shows up with of the uh, Fabergé. Fabergé egg is unbelievable. It, yes, so much so I don't believe it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, it's in it's, the name. It's not as good as Tupac's hologram, though. I, I feel like that would have been better if Tupac's it was just Tupac's alive, bro. <laughs> He's like, hey, he man, what's alive. up? I would love that Tupac? if it just pops up on the on the platform. Come with me. <laughs> Hail Mary. <laughs> Sorry, That's I, was about to, I was about to start singing some Tupac. That's a mistake. With a not great. He has a deep voice. He, you don't, and I guess that's where, <laughs> <laughs> where the imitation really gets lost. I guess. All right, should we go back and and play? Uh, yeah, play, play your Selma Hayek, oh, Tim. Okay. I knew that was bad, and I stopped myself. <laughs> so you're welcome. Right, but uh, yeah. So Catherine Zeta-Jones too, at one point, forges the 1077 signature so she can get more men. Put at the museum. It's just another thing. Like she's a little criminal, right? So and when they enact the little plan, the the form, at the top is in English, and the actual form is in Italian. Did you notice that in the movie? That's kind of a goof. <laughs> <laughs> what? Have you actually seen a ten seventy seven? He googled it. Did you Google it? He's been googling it. <laughs> Got a twenty three nineteen. Oh man, John, we don't care about the ten seventy seven. It's a weird part of this movie, but we don't care about it. Uh, <laughs> Didn't you bring it up? Well, I was just thought it was. I thought it was weird that they kept saying it. it. That was true. my point. Is yeah. that they kept saying it, but so yeah, because of this extra stuff, she gets put at the security. <laughs> they all get arrested, or not all of them. They're most of them. They're supposed to be great con men, but they can't even tell when Stone Cold Steve Austin the Fox is calling them <laughs> or when their phone is lifted. Yeah, he's like, this is your five o'clock wake-up call. Yeah. Well, you can't check a clock before you go up and wake oh, up he, the no, crew. Oh, he had done and his drink. watch, too. He checks his watch. Well, and drink five espressos. No, that was after he'd woken up to I stay know. up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I was there also. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, little... Last snort there. Uh, <laughs> nice one, John. <laughs> <laughs> Good try, Peter. Good try. Oh, I was in the bathroom. That wasn't me. <laughs> but yeah, so all of them, all of them get arrested. But uh, Scott Can's character, Turk, stop dropping your mic, man. They make they make thuds. They do make thuds. Stop, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but so Turk, played by Scott Can, Casey Affleck, and then um, who else isn't? Casey gets taken. Oh, no. Casey Affleck gets taken. Linus, Don Cheadle. Oh, yeah. That's it. Sorry. It's Matt Damon, uh, Scott Can, and uh, Don Cheadle are all the only ones that make it away. And uh, their last Hail Mary attempt is to do something that... uh, They'd been teasing about. They'd been teasing. They keep bringing up that Tess looks like somebody and then cutting her off. Because Brad Pitt did that earlier to George Clooney. He's like, don't you think Tess is like... No, Matt Damon. 
Yeah, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon did, did that earlier to Brad Pitt. To Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt oh, did right. not do and that to George Brad Clooney. Brad Pitt says... Don't ever bring that up to George Clooney. Yeah. Right. You're right. And I'm not going to lie. You guys are in the room. This part cracked me up. I actually thought it was hilarious. I think it... I, it probably wasn't as funny as I thought it was. <laughs> but I like most of your jokes, 10%. Oh, gosh. I just think it's so weird. It just seems... Uh, it just right seems bef- out of nowhere. Right before this scene, when Julia Roberts or Tess is talking to Matt Damon, she says, "You're making no sense." And from then on out, the rest of the movie makes no, no sense. Because, uh, like, from there, it's because the whole point is they're gonna have Julia uh, Tess pretend to be Julia Roberts, so which she is. Julia Roberts playing herself—that's hilarious. I actually think it would have been—it would have been better if it was a different actress, like. Have her pretend to be a different actress could have been funny. I don't know. I just feel like this was weird. But in the their plan is to use her to distract the guards around the uh, the Fabergé egg because everybody loves a celebrity, and then they'll do the switch in public. And uh, along the way, we get to run into Bruce Willis playing himself. Gotta love a Bruce Willis appearance. Again, super weird. Uh. But yeah, and the plan doesn't go as as planned. And uh, who is is it? Catherine Zeta Jones calls him out again. She yeah. like somehow knows. Yeah, knows everything about Julie Roberts, and is like, "Wait, aren't you left-handed?" And shows a little bit of maybe some envy that Catherine Zeta Jones has towards Julie Roberts in real life. Ah, uh, I mean, they both got Oscars, don't they? So I mean, is that just the metric that we use? You both have Oscars. You're both the same. I don't know. Miss you. Was she in Mystic Pizza? I don't think so. <laughs> That's a good movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. Well, Julia Roberts was an entrapment. That's true. She's yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones has been in some thief movies. Both She's, of those actresses were terrible in this movie, though. I don't know. Catherine Zeta Jones wasn't bad. Her she character was, like, was just ridiculous. Cri- like Kristen Stewart. She did not <laughs> like her face looked the same the whole movie. Yeah. Like yeah. her eyes were wide. I don't think she could have opened her eyes anymore. Uh, what about what was wrong with Julia Roberts? She was awful. What was good? What was good about her? Well, she was annoying. Like her intro scene, and she's like, "You're never gonna catch them. They're yeah. too good for you." Yeah, and she's like, shut up. What are you, a teenage girl? She was telling off her ex. Okay. Yeah, it's like, but I know that's her script. But like, golly, fight back. She's supposed to be better. Yeah, I expected more from Julia Roberts. Yeah. yeah. I think it's Julia's that fault. Was it's a poor craftsman. That was a Julia Rob Hurts. Julia Rob Hurts. Yeah. But yeah, so obviously the plan didn't work though. And or so, did it? Or did it? And it's a they all get arrested. So the rest of them have been arrested now at this point. And um, Interpol, not Europol, which I didn't realize. Were, Interpol. Interpol. Europol. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's okay. It's a band too. Interpol. Go listen. Thanks for that shout out. by Interpol. I don't think. <laughs> I, I dislike them, so I, I don't want us to be sponsored by them. You're getting me off track. <laughs> but, yeah, so Interpol shows up to arrest, you know, Danny and crew, and we get a weird, needless Linus betrayal fake-out where she, the head Interpol agent, who, is, I forgot that actress's name, but she played... Um, Madam President. Madam President. Hashtag still my president. <laughs> She was season six or seven of um. I thought it was f- of twenty four. It was yeah six. It was late. It was late. It was the later seasons. But she was a yeah. great president, great madam president. Yeah, 
But uh, yeah, so she is inter- interrogating Matt Damon's character, and they do the whole fake out of like he's gonna betray him because they've got a they've got to fake out the Italian French police national person that's uh, in the room. That's with in the them. room, I guess. But again, it's all things that just are eating up time and it doesn't make sense because as soon as they leave and like you guys were pointing out we have to see each member of this team leave the prison in a long shot and that's just completely unnecessary like so much of the movie is has no di- like we have dialogue scenes and then we have like montage scenes with just music background going on well, it's a film that knows it's a film with a bunch of actors and yeah. it's just that's what, and it knows that that's what made it so popular the first time. So they're just overdoing it in the second yeah. time. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, once they're in the cars, we get the reveal of uh, Madam President uh, was actually Linus's Matt Damon's character's mother, and she's in on the whole thing. And uh, that surprised me. Uh, first well, time that, viewer, you know, I didn't see that. That coming. is a surprising twist. I thought they had I lost. Say. But at a certain point, you got to wonder, like, if they have all these connections, why can't they just rob things consistently? Like, if they know people in the higher... Because the same thing happens in the third movie. We find out Matt Damon's dad is, like, a high-ranking FBI officer. And it's like, if his parents are these two people and they're also working with these, why is Matt Damon not able to just do whatever he wants? Because he's the con man everybody can get behind. We'd all make terrible con men, so does Matt Damon. So Matt Damon's the everyman con man. Yeah, he's what gets you into the film. I kind of I agree because that's yeah. the character I like the most. I saw myself <laughs> the most in Matt Damon. In Matt Damon, mm-hmm. but like more real life Matt Damon than in that movie. But that's another issue. <laughs> that's a, that's another <laughs> issue. Uh, yeah, but we learn that obviously all of them getting arrested was all part of the plan, and uh, we get a final confrontation with Tulur, where he's. I mean, kind of blindsided that Danny and Julia Roberts are at his villa, and uh, he is, you know, kind of just assumes they brought their way out and wants him to tell him that they're the best. And uh, from there, we get the most ridiculous scene. You're going to just whisper? Whisper, whisper. (laughs) I hope you know while you guys were whispering, you just had the mic like two feet from your face. Yeah, we're going to have your face. I see a little whisper stuff. Happening. No, oh, sorry. Sorry to call you guys out. Andrew had an incorrect note on his notes. Well, that's for him to say and us to point out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but like I was saying, we get the Final confrontation of, of how Tulur actually stole the egg, which is the most ridiculous. Because we're set, we're shown earlier in the movie that the security system for this museum has a laser system in the main hallway where the. Um, the eggs being kept that the lasers move at a random like programmed algorithm to just never repeat itself that doesn't make sense random programmed well you make an algorithm that's constantly changing where it's gonna go is it possible well no no and total randomness is not actually possible Mm, that's deep that's for another another all all i'm getting at is the lasers can't be timed to where you know where they're gonna be and how he beats this system is yoga is improv. <laughs> I would say it's improv dance. It's an iPod commercial is it what is. it is. It's, it's a, a silhouette video. and he's like dancing. It's ridiculous. It's an iPod commercial. It's a, it's a music it's video. It's CGI. It's unrealistic. It's not you funny. You ate up that whole scene. You were 
you had big eyes the whole time. I saw your feet moving. Yeah. John like, was like, like, I could do I, that. I was tapping along. I think it was three, four ton. John was thinking, <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> that's the most relatable part of the movie. Most relatable part. So yeah, that's how Tulur did it, which as ridiculous as it is, that the it, fact that he's able to do that and steal the egg and all that stuff, like again, I don't know why this is a competition. I guess it's that's the point is that he has such a big ego that he has to prove that he's the best thief. He's clearly the best he's thief. He's the best thief. Best thief. But yeah, so he gets Julie Roberts and um, George Clooney to say, Okay, you're the best, but then they reveal that they actually stole the egg before it even went on exhibit. It's the t- it's the age old idiom of like it's not what you know to lure. It's who you know, oceans. Exactly. Because I'd also like to point out that Danny and crew cheated. Yeah. That uh, Lamar told them where the egg was going to be before it got to the museum and helped him help them steal it before Talur could well, even steal it. Well, didn't Stone Cold Steve Austin Fox also cheat by turning them in? Yeah. Well, yeah, it but... It was kind of um, yeah. tit for... Tit for chat. Tit true, for a true thief, right? Your mother listens Well, they're to supposed this. to be honors amongst thieves. <laughs> does she? Yeah. But yeah, yeah she, she does not. For your sake, I hope she doesn't. <laughs> But, but yeah, so Talur is um, obviously angry, but he's going to keep his word and pay off the debt they owe to Andy Garcia's character. Would you wear a completely cream suit? Yes. If I lived in the, like, southern Italy, maybe. But you live in Nashville, Tennessee. No, you live in Bellevue. That's a little different. <laughs> I don't live in Bellevue. It's Green Hills, okay? <laughs> don't associate Let's share with Mark's people. address, shall we? Yeah, let's... You live off of... <laughs> <laughs> Can Would you wear a cream suit? <laughs> you already have a suit that that's that is amongst like a similar fabric, very uh, revealing. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh! That suit, that suit, <laughs> that's private. Very Assless chaps, form fitting, if you will. Yeah. Oh that wow! Clings to everything. <laughs> We're learning a lot about Mark today. Uh, but then the final little reveal of this movie—he's also single. <laughs> the final reveal of this movie. Because like we said earlier, there's like 10 different endings. Is uh, Brad Pitt lets Catherine Zeta-Jones know that her dad's not dead. And a terrible scene. It's stupid. Yeah. Also, Did it not remind you of The Last Jedi? Sorry to cut you off. What? Of The what? Last Jedi? I uh, like Ray seeing Luke. Or sorry, The Force Awakens at the end. Well, no. seeing as this movie came first. No. Well, yeah. No, I don't get that vibe at all. Nice try, but... <laughs> I mean, the dialogue there was super weak. Not like it was great throughout the movie well, by yeah. any means. But what have you been waiting for? I've been waiting for Well, yeah, this. you're jumping ahead a little bit. So it's... it's we're at the airport, Andrew. It's, yeah. I thought you said we were at the end. Well, we at are at the, the end. Well, it's but it's one of the endings. It's Brad Pitt so brings, many endings. brings Catherine Zeta-Jones to her dad, who we find out is Lama. And uh, I'm not good at predicting things, but I get to see that. Yeah, that was that was, of course, coming. And uh, I laugh that it's played by the same actor who played Ed Bloom, Old Man Bloom and uh, Big Fish. When his silhouette was talking, I thought he was the guy from John Wick. Who's like? There is no business on hotel grounds. Oh, you thought it was? <laughs> I, um, I did. What's you know, his, like the what's his name? Hair? Oh, from uh, Horizon Zero uh, Dawn. And um, what was the HBO show? I was I was associating him with Alexander Hamilton. Deadwood. I don't know Deadwood. why. why? No, no, he just no, no, looks no. like He's Alexander Hamilton. What? No, are you talking He's about the guy who runs? Oh, I thought he was talking about Ian McShane. No, he's talking about the um, guy at the front desk. 
What? No, I'm not. I'm talking about Ian McShay. Yeah, the guy that oh. runs the whole thing. Yeah, he's talking about Ian McShay. Yeah. Well, it's a testament to that week. Again, with the impersonation, it's like he had the voice of the guy at the counter. Oh. <laughs> you were missing because one of Ian McShane's, well, it's kind of not fit for radio, I guess, but he's got a mouth. I'll just <laughs> watch an episode of Deadwood and you'll know. Can you unpack that for me? No, we're going to move on. <laughs> but that's not the final ending of Catherine Zeta-Jones meeting her father. We also have to get the ending of, uh, it's Ruben. I forgot that actor's name, but the actor who plays Ruben giving Andy Garcia the check, letting him know that, you know, they got all his money back and that it's going to clear and that they need to stop this rivalry. And then on top of that ending... Wait, who's it? outside? Oh, yeah. Tallur's outside the window, pretending st- to be a gardener. Yeah. Classy. Classic Tallur. <laughs> but then we get our final actual ending, which is all them, the whole Ocean's crew meeting up to play poker, uh, I guess, to celebrate their win, which I guess is a, like they really did come out on top because they get to keep all the money they stole in the original movie, they just don't get anything more. Yeah, they don't get anything more. So they probably spent. A, they probably spent a pretty pity to pull off all these highs. Again, it's the movie celebrating the fact that it's got a huge cast. Yeah, yeah. That's no, all that this that is. is. Oh, that yeah, a, this scene really. Yeah, is. Remember, all these people are in this movie. Yeah, it's. Don't you remember all these famous people? But yeah, that's also. also is Catherine Zeta-Jones when she falls out of the chair? That looked unscripted. I hope that was. Oh, I think that was a. I think that was a fluke. That'd be so weird. <laughs> directing the team be like okay you're having a great time Catherine now I want you to just body <laughs> just, just start laughing like, just, you're just having such a good time <laughs> it shows her uh, how dynamic she is as her an actress. Well, the reason yeah. I asked is because that her was range. the only real moment in the entire film for me with, in <laughs> terms of her acting so it had to <laughs> through had two to hours of so called acting and that was the that was only the convincing part <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I mean mm-hmm. that's the actual final ending it, the freeze frame reminded me of those like documentary like movies that have words after like on the screen oh yeah where they're gonna know, tell you what they, happened everybody how they died or something <laughs> like you know? where they are now <laughs> yeah because <laughs> they're always dead yeah they're always like one's dead one's like a barber in a local town one became like a school teacher it's yeah. like except for the like, sandlot those are all happy one kid what are you talking about one kid goes comes back from vietnam and then is never heard from again I don't remember that. One of them is like a really I dark one. Andrew chose to block that out. Yeah. To, to be honest, I just remember the one kid going, pro. Oh, yeah. Benny the Jet. Benny, Benny the, the jet. jet. Oh, that's a great one. One of us has PF Flyers here. I do. Oh, guaranteed to make you run another single. fun fact about Mark. He's single. He wears PF Flyers. He's got a crack rug hoodie. A crack rug hoodie? I don't get that. I don't either. Either way, that's the that's the end of this two hour movie. Um, we actually blitzed through that. Well, I cut we out. Really all, well, what I did was I cut out all the like you guys that were saying. There are stuff. multiple scenes of them in a room attempting to have banter that doesn't play. Some of it is really funny, like when it's uh, Don Cheadle, Matt Damon, and uh, Scott Can when they're after everybody else has been arrested and they're trying to think of what to do. When it's Matt Damon walking up trying to act serious, being like, okay. Here's what we need to do. And Scott Can calls him out and is like, who died and made you, Danny? And there's just that like awkward pause and it's just Matt Damon like deflated. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm sorry. He's guys. trying to come on like, strong. I guess what <laughs> yeah, like, that was really that's funny. something I would do in that situation. No, he like, is the everyman con man. And that's a really realistic reaction of like, one of them says something mean and they're all like, no, 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 it was great. You were fine. He's like, no, I just, I, I wanted to, you know, try to help. And like, that was a genuine funny scene. What I like the fun in the movie is like, 
this is the same time as the born the born movies are being made oh yeah so he's like you're watching him as Peter, it's, you know, 12, 13-year-old impressionable boy. You're watching Jason Bourne. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, he's also dorky. And then he buys a zoo. Oh, then he goes oh, on to buy a zoo. I like the uh, $100 bills uh, joke. Oh, oh where he says who's on the $100 Adams. bill. And, and they all say somebody different. <laughs> <Yeah>. not Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been like, it's not Washington. <laughs> I did like that, <laughs> that too. That joke. That's a, that is a good point. I did laugh that they all say somebody different. <laughs> Yet, uh, yet they can all speak Chinese. Yeah, they all speak. Uh, there's just so many inconsistencies. It's it's interesting. Yeah, there. But for every one of those, there's the weird planning scene with they're trying to rob the agoraphobic guy, and it's like that goes on way too long. Everyone says something. There's a scene. Legitimately, I should have rewound it and timed it. But when they're all sitting in prison, there's a scene where it's a single shot on each character. They all just kind of nod to somebody. Then look to the next person. Yeah. Then it pants that person, and it's that person nodding. We're in jail. And you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of in Bird Dimmick when they're going around the conference room, and it's yeah. them all starting to clap again. Yeah. Like every time it got to a new person, they're starting clapping again. <laughs> like it just—it's so many of those scenes that feel unnecessary and are just eating up time. They feel that way because they are. This movie honestly could have been an hour twenty, easy, and it probably would have been a better movie. You cut out all the robbing the the first house, lifting all the stuff, cut that out completely, and you just do the Fabergé heist, and you cut out some of the weird long shots. Well, you also this don't need the like Catherine Peter Jones storyline. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep saying Which is fun, I don't so know. So are you team PETA then in that? I, <laughs> I just think, uh, I think they did that because they, they wanted to emulate what they had done in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Because remember the... But how they did it it in Ocean's Eleven was a lot more like of a smooth transition. Subtle. Yeah, it was more of a subtle. Like you didn't know until Brad Pitt saw Julia Roberts in the first movie that the movie was even going to be about that. Because up to that point, it had just been a heist movie. And in this, we're introduced to Catherine Zeta Jones and Brad Pitt's relationship like like immediately. It's the cold open. And it's very minimal. Yeah, and basically, your care. review sounds like if they cut out everything about this movie that they loved about Ocean's Eleven, we would have a a decent Ocean's Twelve. I think we would. I think we'd have a decent, decent, <laughs> decent Ocean's film. I I still think you know them doing this in Europe was an attempt to do something different. I just don't think it landed. I think it's one of the reasons why I like Thirteen better than Twelve is they go back to Vegas. And it's a more interesting take, and it's still them kind of classic America bias right there. Hmm. America, (laughs) your opinions. Hashtag not my country. Oh gosh! (laughs) Whoa! Whoa! You can leave. (laughs) (laughs) Love it or leave it, John. Love it or leave it. What's holding you back? Oh man! But (laughs) so I've said I've said a lot of my (laughs) thoughts. I've said a lot of my thoughts, and. Peter, let's let's go ahead and start final thoughts. Kick us off. Final thoughts. Uh, it was really annoying. <laughs> I don't. It was it was just about every scene. All eleven people had to say something. I don't know. I bad. It was bad. Chris Martin, I didn't enjoy. <laughs> but for the record, Chris, Chris Martin is not in this movie. Go Chris back Martin, to singing clocks, aka so Stone Cold Steve, Steve Austin, Austin Fox. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like him really either. It's too much hubris. 
Uh, he wasn't even that good looking with his shirt off. I don't know. <laughs> sound jealous. That's what I hear. Yeah, that sounded like a lot of jealousy. Oh, we forgot to bring up the joke. What did you guys think of the joke they made in the movie of when they steal the paintings from Tulur to like send the message that, you know, challenge accepted, that they make it look like a middle finger? Did you guys think that was I funny? I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't see that. Mm. No, that's why they steal. They steal the top I row noticed. paintings. I, did. I was like, that's a weird Because it's supposed to be movies. this. That's I'm good. That's good. Uh, weird. I just told I'm, I'm flicking like everybody off. It changes to, my <laughs> review of the movie. I Does also it? love that uh, Stone Cold's disguise when he meets Catherine Pita is just like a mustache and ruffling his hair and some glasses. Well, that's actually a thing that we didn't talk about, too, was when she meets him in the movie, is she such a super cop? Why doesn't she know he's to lure? Well, yeah, we also find out she's not a super cop when she tries to get her uh, 1077 signed. And it's like, the last time I did it, you took 30 of my men for three months and not a single arrest. Oh, so, I man. mean, like, she's good, but not that good. Those 1077s. Screw them. Andrew, final thoughts? Final thoughts. Uh, I loved the mullet in the opening scene, and then from there it went downhill. (laughs) Much like the mullet. (laughs) I thought Catherine Zeta-Jones gave Kristen Stewart a run for her money and most emotionless actress ever. Ooh. Uh, Hot take, hot take. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the whole movie was just a bunch of actors getting off on themselves all being in a room together. Nice. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Sounds like another what Friday is, night. What, <laughs> you hanging out with actors, John? <laughs> John, your final thoughts? Um, I actually thought that it was fine. So it's some things I did not like. I did not like the shaky cameras. Um, yeah. I did not like the PowerPoint transitions. <laughs> um, I didn't like the the fact that it relied on like the forced chemistry between the characters. I felt like the the whole reason for the sequel, they're like, oh, look at all these, uh, kind of like what we talked about. Look at all these actors we have. They're funny. You guys should see this movie just because all these people are in it. Um, I did not like those things. However, I think it's worth your free time if you like. Heist. I would see it once. I would see it once and then you can watch the 13th you, you one. You can discard. And, and yeah, try I, to keep them distinguished I, I think it's just looked it's exactly fine it's a heist movie it has funny moment i laughed the bruce willis well how many conversations did they have that they weren't having where it's like you mean well that means you should i know yeah it was like an yeah. aaron sorkin dialogue wannabe like it just that's it a was, good way to put that it's a lot it it's the that style exactly but it doesn't go the full length to really show why these characters would be able to do that that's a I agree with that completely. You stole Andrew. my Take review. It. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> not what you were that note? Look at my notes. I was literally about to go. <laughs> no, I, I think it's worth seeing if you like heist movies and if you like these actors, it's funny. It, it has its moments and it's fine. Um, I don't think it's incredible or anything, but yeah. is it better than Crash? <laughs> Nothing is better than Crash. It's hard to compare the two. Um, I think that's what's kind of funny is our three picks so far. So John, well, you started out. You started us out strong with a awful movie. It's a financial just, success, sure. but a just awful movie, which is Grown Ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter, you went. You grabbed that ball and ran the opposite direction. I have the ante and uh, <laughs> Academy Award winning dud. And then I, I think this is a mo- the movie I picked, Ocean's Twelve. I believe is a perfect example of the theme we're going for. Because, like, John, like you were saying, so much of this movie is like, look at all these stars we have in it. And it's, it doesn't do anything for the plot. Like, yeah. it doesn't make it a it's good It's a filler movie. episode, if you will. That's a great way to put it. Because Ocean's 13, episode. I enjoyed Ocean's 13. Yeah, Ocean 13 so is fun. It's like the forgotten middle child. Yeah. Sorry. 
No, they're the no, oldest. We're the oldest, John. They're the oldest, John. <laughs> know your friends. And, I, win and the I'm game. The, and I'm the youngest, John. So you spoke to no one. You're there. acting like an only child. <laughs> and you're not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Know your friends. Man. I know that you're not. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. So, <laughs> so we all had our final final little piece. Go ahead and start wrapping this up. Yeah, it's whatever. John, it's back to your turn next week. Oh yeah. Uh, aren't, didn't you say you're doing New Year's Eve or something? One that, of those movies? That was my thought, but stay tuned. You're um, going to stay it tuned? It would be timely. It, today is the 30th, right? Well, yeah, but by the time this goes out, it'll be the new year. So, Happy New Year's, everybody. Yes, Happy New Year. New New Year, new me. Yeah. Not just to you, not to you and yours, because 2018, we're going full selfish. New Year, new you. Happy New Year's new to excuse. you and you alone. <laughs> you alone. But, uh, okay, so 2018 stay tuned for that. Is the, the year of... The podcast. Year of the podcast. Is that what it's going to be? It's the, look at the Chinese calendar. <laughs> year, year of the podcast. I'm going to stop this before this goes <laughs> further. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. Remember, you can uh, listen to us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, remember to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you like, what you don't Please. like. Are you on Spotify? <laughs> No. Please well, they're doing podcasts podcast on Spotify. No, they're doing podcasts, but we we're probably not good enough for them. Let Please us know us what what guests we should bring on, or if we should not. Yeah, bring if we a should never invite Andrew back. back. <laughs> yeah, what guests? I thought I behaved myself more appropriately today. <laughs> I think you did. A little tamer. Uh, tried to tone yeah. it You're back. still not quiet on that mic. Oh like my like. gosh! We don't probably need the explicit rating. Yeah, for this episode. you know, and uh, also. Like Andrew, also, you're being a little bit of a troublemaker. You're just constantly whispering, you know, whisper, yeah. whisper with John over there. We're going to have to separate you two next time. If there's a next time. I didn't, think, I didn't think they were Mike-worthy comments. <laughs> I agree. They were not. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, John. Uh, well, Explicit. Yeah. So that's that's going to do it. Let's wrap this up. Yep. Uh, this has been Bye. the Too Much Free Time <laughs> podcast. Uh, I'm Mark Burris. With me is Peter Blankenship and Peter. John Girdler. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, <laughs> we we're fortunate enough to have God Andrew back. Us, everyone, Andrew, say goodbye to everybody. Hope to be back. Probably won't be. <laughs> he waved while saying that. He, he waved. <laughs> All right, that's gonna wrap it up. See you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>